Takes the return pass with 25 seconds remaining. Warren shoots the fucking score! Hillary Knight setting up in front. Power play goal. One nothing. United States. And welcome to Rich Sports Talk. And the dream has come a reality for United States women's ice hockey as they finally defeat Canada and avenge the loss in Sochi from 2014, winning it the hard way in a shootout 3-2 over Team Canada in what has been an incredible series between these two. The United States unable to win gold since 1998, but they finally, after 20 years, are hoisting the gold medals once again. And this has been an incredible rivalry between these two teams. You look at the history, five of the last six gold medal rounds have been between these two teams, starting in 1998. And these games, these are close. These are great games. 1998, U.S. 3-1. 2002, Canada 3-2. 2010, Canada 2-0. 2014, 3-2 in overtime. And, of course, 2018, 3-2 in a shootout. Absolutely incredible hockey. And we talk about the lack of rivalries in these recent Olympics. But to me, if this isn't the best rivalry, it's a close second in both the Summer and Winter Olympics. This rivalry between Team USA and Team Canada, you can feel it. Even in the pre-Olympic interviews, you could just tell how much this meant to Team USA after losing in overtime in Sochi that it was gold or bust. That was the mission, and they accomplished in what was an incredible win, and it was exactly 38 years to the day the Team USA in 1980 defeated the Soviet Union in Lake Placid in what was called the Miracle on Ice. Well, this was the redemption on ice for Team USA women's ice hockey, and this had me on the edge of my seat, despite it being 1.30 in the morning here, uh, in the U.S. watching this game. Absolutely incredible. This was a real treat, and I cannot wait till 2022 when these two teams will likely score off once again in the final. This is just incredible hockey, and you can't make this stuff up. 38 years to the day of the men's pull off that improbable victory, and even though it's not as improbable as that 1980s men's team, this was a dynasty that this USA team was going against. Canada holding the gold medal for four consecutive years. Basically, they were the Russian team of this era for women's ice hockey. You go back to the history, USA winning the last gold medal in 1960 game, and then the Russians won four consecutive goals in men's ice hockey. This was the same path in women's ice hockey where you had the Americans winning in 1908 and then the Canadians four consecutive gold medals. And you could just tell this United States teams they were hurt from that Sochi game. They won it in overtime. Now, before I get to anything else, can we just get rid of the shootout in the Olympics? 
I just feel like the shootout is now a way to decide a hockey game. I understand that there's time constraints and that they want to get these games wrapped up. But you cannot tell me that even though that was an exciting shootout without question, we saw some great, incredible goals. You cannot tell me that that overtime period had you on pins and needles back and forth, the four-on-four, the spacing of the ice, the three-on-twos, the two-on-one rushes, all the chances that USA had. And here's something that no one's talking about, which the shootout did. If you remember at the very end of that first overtime, well, it's the only overtime, but if you remember, the U.S. had a penalty, so Canada had a power play. Now, if they went to a second overtime, Canada would have still been on the power play for a significant time, and they would have had a four-on-three advantage to start that second overtime period. No one's talking about that. They're not talking about what this shootout did. It disadvantaged Canada because not only did it mean going to a shootout, where anything kind of fluky can happen. But more importantly, it took away from Canada having a power play coming into that second overtime. That was huge. USA got a huge break now, to their credit. They had an incredible penalty kill. They had some great saves, including, I'm telling you, Rooney in that. She was absolutely incredible. She's 20 years old. She can't buy a beer legally in the U.S., but she can win a gold medal. I mean, I wish I was this talented when I was 20 years old, but she was absolutely incredible. And I'm a little disappointed in the uh, crowd there, the USA crowd. I, I love the USA crants, but come on, it was right there for you when they won that. We couldn't get a Rooney chant going, you know, like in the movie Rudy, but do the Rooney chant. I mean, when she gets back, like she has got to get a Rooney chant. Am I right? Come on. Rooney, 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 Rooney. I mean, you can't tell me that would have been awesome in the Olympics. But she was absolutely incredible and spectacular performance and goal, especially in that shootout performance. This was a great game, and this is without question a great rivalry in sports. And to me, it's a shame because I, I feel watching a lot of women's ice hockey, and I, I've become a big fan, it's... It's a very underrated sport. Now, I know men's ice hockey gets a lot more attention, and hockey in general in this country, in the United States, is looked upon almost as the fourth sport, and that's just for men's NHL. I've watched a lot of great women's ice hockey, and this game is a lot of fun. And I know people, critics will be, well, there's no body checking, but the way they play, the way they can space out, the speed they have, the passing that they have, they're very fun to watch offensively. They have a great game, a great flow out there. These are incredibly talented women, and last night they put on the performance of the Olympics. I mean, that was great drama, even in the shootout, which I wish the International Commission would get rid of. I, I, we need to see overtime. I think that a great overtime, a sudden death overtime with four-on-four four hockey, just continue to play it. I hope they make that change. Is the shootout the worst thing in the world? No, but I, I'd rather see it decided on the ice with actual play. This was an incredible hockey game. I don't care if you're a huge NHL fan, college hockey, any hockey fan, even if you weren't a hockey fan, this was an incredible game, and it had such great storylines going into it. The USA being the underdog team to this dynasty and this Canadian hockey team, four consecutive gold medals to powerhouses. This is like the Red Sox and Yankees in baseball. This is like the Cavs and the... Warriors in the NBA. These are the two superpowers of their sport going at back and forth, and both are evenly matched. This is great drama and a storyline that was 20 years in the making. 
And 38 years after the miracle on ice, it's the redemption on ice for USA women's hockey. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the NBA and Russell Westbrook, one of my favorite topics and why I think that even though a lot of people will pick him for this year's MVP, why I think he is one of the most overrated players in the National Basketball Association. All that more Rich Sports Talk coming up next. Just a reminder, for all you Rich Sports Talk fans, we are now streaming on multiple platforms where you can catch the show. We are on SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes where you can download and follow. Make sure when you listen to the podcast to subscribe and to follow. We would also love to hear your feedback on what you would like us to talk about on the show. We've had a couple specials. Our next episode is going to be the NFL Draft Special where we're going to do our first live mock draft. All 32 first round picks. That's going to be coming up later this week and we're going to keep doing that and updating that all the way up until NFL Draft Night. We've got a lot coming up there, but if you have any suggestions of what you want us to talk about on the show, or if you have a question, I will put you on the air. would love to hear from you. That email, richsportstalk at gmail.com. That's richsportstalk at gmail.com. Back after this. And welcome back to Rich Sports Talk. And we just got through talking about Team USA Women's with their incredible performance but now I'm going to switch subjects here to one of my favorite topics to talk about and one of the things people love to give me criticism of, and that is my criticism of last year's MVP, Russell Westbrook. Now, in my opinion, the MVP should be LeBron James. Now, I'm going to get into that another day when we get close to the MVP voting because I can just go on about that. But let's just stick with Westbrook. So... Everyone was saying, oh, he was last year's MVP, triple-double for the season. Well, how great did that triple-double do in the postseason getting knocked out in five games? Well, you can't count the postseason. I mean, without Westbrook, the Thunder wouldn't have made the playoffs. Okay, I get that. He's a great player, but is he the most valuable player in the league? No. People say, well, you know, they, they couldn't go far in the playoffs. He didn't have the players around him. Kevin Durant left him high and dry. He had no one around him. Okay, so what Oklahoma City do this offseason? They went out and got a future Hall of Famer in Carmelo Anthony. And they also got Paul George, who is a perennial all-star. And outside of LeBron James, if he decides to leave Cleveland, will be the most coveted free agent this offseason. So coming into this year, you would think Oklahoma City, they're a better team now. Russell's going to make these guys better around him. He's the most valuable player. He's going to make this team better. They're going to be a better team. They're going to show the world that they're a better basketball team because now they got players around Westbrook, except they're not. Through 59 games, let's, let's look at Oklahoma City this year compared to last year. Last year, 33-26. and 26. This year, 34-25. and 25. One game better hmm okay well their, their offense is going to be better actually it's the same 106.6 last year 106.2 this year hmm slightly down uh field goal percentage oh russell's going to improve their field goal percentage carmelo and george they're going to get wide open shots down from 45.4 percent last year to 45% this year, and Carmelo and George are better shooters. Well, they're three-point shooting. Paul George, he's going to benefit the most because when Westbrook drives it through the lane, he's going to kick it out to the three-point line. George is going to have a wide-open look for a three-pointer. The three-point shot is going to go up for them. Their three-point shooting percentage is going to go. It's actually down this year to 
was 35% last year. This year, 32.2% with George and Anthony who can shoot threes. Hmm. So this team, everyone always defends Westbrook, and I don't get it. Everyone defends Westbrook, and I, I get he's talented. I'm not disputing he's talented. He is, to my opinion, the most talented guard in this league and one of the top three most talented players in this league. The three most talented players in this league, in my opinion, are LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. I'm not debating his talent. He's an immensely talented player. But look at the history of players with him. We've seen it. We have multiple cases of evidence of what happens when players play with Russell Westbrook. They get tired of playing with him because he hogs the ball. James Harden goes from the third wheel in Oklahoma City to now an MVP candidate in Houston, one of the best scorers in the league. Kevin Durant got fed up with him, Oklahoma City, gets flack for going to Golden State, takes less shots a game, but his shooting percentage goes up, and he once again goes from looking like a, eh, he's a good player, probably a top five player, you know, kind of underachieved in Oklahoma City to, oh, well, after LeBron, he's probably the second best player in the world in Golden State, and he's also won a title. How is it that when we talk about a valuable player, you would think by adding talent, the numbers are going to go up and the team's going to get better, but it doesn't. Look, Chris Paul joined Houston. They got better. Kevin Durant joined Golden State. They got better. And what about DeMontis Sabonis? He goes from a six-point, just under four-rebound-a-game guy. Now he's a 12-point and just over eight-rebound-a-game guy at 21 years old? Everyone's argument is, well, Russell makes people better. And then the argument to this is like, well, you know, Russell's got to take all the, over the court and Russell needs to play. He needs to be the alpha male on the court. But it's not going to win him a championship and it doesn't make Oklahoma City a better team. I, I just don't get it. Everyone is so hung up on Russell Westbrook. I'm not debating his talent. I'm not debating how dynamic of a scorer he is, how offensively gifted he is, how great of a guard he is, his physical talent in the NBA. But there is no way he is the most valuable player in this league when he gets better players, an all-star and a Hall of Famer in the offseason, and his team is the exact same as the year before, and the guys who have left him. You're not telling me, Victor Oladipo, he looks like he could be a perennial all-star in Indiana, where he just looked like a decent player in Oklahoma City. Because Russell wouldn't give him shots because Russell's like, I need to score my 40 tonight. And I know there's going to be a lot of Russell Westbrook lovers out there that are going to say, I'm in the wrong. Well, I'm in closing with this on Russell Westbrook. Is Russell Westbrook one of the most talented players we've ever seen in the NBA? Absolutely. Is he a great player? Yes. He is not a valuable player. When he gets town around him, it doesn't elevate him. It doesn't elevate the team. And in some ways, his style... And in ways his style rubs people the wrong way because he won't give them shots. Oladipo and Sabonis go to Indiana. They're better players. James Harden leaves. He goes from third wheel to MVP candidate. Kevin Durant goes to looking like the second best player in the world again. Is Russell Westbrook a game changer and a fun guy to watch? Absolutely. But when we talk about valuable players in the NBA... The value now is getting to play with superstars and winning with superstars. 
That's the name of this game. And Westbrook has had more than his fair share of opportunities to win with superstars around him. He's had multiple superstars on multiple teams, including Oklahoma City, when he had Kevin Durant, James Harden. Now he has Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. And he can't do anything with it. So when we talk about valuable player and when we get close to the MVP discussion, I'll tell you who I think is the most valuable player in the NBA. But for everyone waving the Russell Westbrook pom-poms, he's a great player. Is he valuable? No. Look at where Oklahoma City was last year. Look at the players they've brought in. And look at where they are this year. You cannot tell me Westbrook is a valuable player when his team and their performance hasn't improved this season. That's going to do it for us here today on Rich Sports Talk. Remember, you can listen to us on multiple platforms. Remember to subscribe and follow. We are on SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, and iTunes, all under Rich Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook under the Rich Sports Talk page. And we would love to hear from you if you have your comments about Russell Westbrook. If there's any other superstars you want me to focus on the NBA, we'd love to hear it. Email us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. Our next episode is going to be a doozy. We're going to have our first mock draft of the season. I can't wait to unveil it later on this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go through all 32 first-round picks for the NFL. We're going to see where I believe the top prospects in the NFL will land based on free agent signings coming up. And also, if, I'm telling you right now, if you like quarterbacks and you're wondering where quarterbacks are going to go, my dra- mock draft has a lot of them. And I'll explain why, because of the value of quarterbacks in the NFL. You'll be surprised how many quarterbacks will be taken in this first round. But there's a lot of need, and there's a lot of prospects this year. So we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks come off the board. That's coming up next on Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us once again before we head off today. Congratulations to the USA women's hockey team on capturing that gold medal for the first time since 1998. Congratulations, and until next time, Rich Sports Talk.